Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined in studio by the lovely Molly Williams with a new haircut. Hello, Molly. <laughs> good morning, Sarah. It's nice to see you again. You too. And your bob looks very good and very current. Well, yeah, you sent me that article. It's all the rage. I know. And somebody, uh, somebody else mentioned that too. They're like, oh, everybody's getting their hair bobbed. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Trendsetter. <laughs> it's easy. I like it. Uh-huh. Well, it looks, it looks very, wow. very cute. So, yeah. So, we ran this morning, and yeah. we had some good fortune, pun intended. <laughs> we did. Well, first of all, we had some false starts. You thought you saw some some money. I did. And... I did. And one was just a little crumple of red, kind of shiny tinfoil almost. Another was a bottle cap. Mm-hmm. Always an opportunity to stop and catch your breath, though. <laughs> right. Very welcome. <laughs> and then, at the very last minute, on the last stretch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We found... So then, and it was in our neighborhood, which is not usually very fruitful Never for any change. change. I found a quarter, my first quarter of the year. Up to that point, I'd only found dimes and pennies. Big money. And then... And then I made you switch. Yeah, in keeping with our style. Once one of us finds, then the other... We feel that the inside, the... uh, Inside track. Closest to the curb is more profitable. And I said to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're like three blocks from your house and you still switch. Uh Uh-huh. And then... Half a block later. Pocket dump. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it was... It was. It was... um, And thankfully, I saw the nickel that was part of it. Mm -hmm. But it was... My friend Erin Rains, a mother runner in uh, Illinois, she has a term that I cannot remember, and it's for a quarter, a dime, a nickel, and a penny. And that's what you found, but Except, since I saw the nickel, so yeah. I grabbed the nickel. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So you found 36 cents, and I found 30 cents, and Pretty we good. Were half a mile from home. And I do have to share the very funny, because I'm married to a man who likes to repeat his own jokes, like later on in the day, come home and tell me the jokes that he told. Mm-hmm. And so since you don't have that annoying trait <laughs> um, I will repeat your joke and that about two miles from the end of our run we decided that we were going to start speaking in British accents oh yes <laughs> wait that's not a very good I'll have to get to my British accent done. there we go and so so I quickly decided because my kids are learning it and you'll be intrigued by this my I'm going in a million different directions yes my my twins my 13 year old twins who are in eighth grade are go to their arts focused school and an expert is being brought in to teach the drama kids how at first the kids told me to do a British accent. Well, I checked with John today and he says they are learning MLE. 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 Exactly. (laughs) You, you query. And what it means is it's basically an amalgam of all the different accents in the, in Britain all kind of rolled up into one. So it means there's a little bit of, African, there's a little bit of um, Jamaican, there's British, you know, what standard Queen's English, you know. Um, what is this, an actual accent? And so, yes, and so I'm like, this well, is something they, they do there. I'm, just, so, I'm auditioning for, for the Queen. <laughs> I gotta stop. Okay. So, it was really good on the run. It sounded just like Queen Elizabeth. Exactly. You thought there was a corgi, a corgi. trot behind me. It's oh all we gone both, We both go the corgi. So, but when we were on our run, back to the run, I quickly decided that I do a better Irish accent. And so no, I started. You speaking. don't, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lucky charms commercial it's just she's gonna offend somebody well so, by queen yes exactly quite on point no. so anyway so i was speaking that so we did stop maybe after about three quarters of a mile we did 
But then, then your best line of the day, and even I told John it made him laugh. Um, when I found the quarter, Molly goes, "Oh, the luck of the Irish!" <laughs> <laughs> ba boom cha! Oh my gosh! And I was just, and Alex is like, "That is so weak." <laughs> Come on, it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so we. Uh, it, it seems funny. It says. Uh, 6 30 in the morning it sure does it sure does so um but it's our last time now here in the podcast studio to see each other for a while because i head to houston tomorrow to go to the houston marathon expo and you are leaving on is it sunday saturday for florida Uh (laughs) going to orlando for a veterinary conference orlando (laughs) (laughs) and then lane's gonna come on sunday and join me but i'm gonna also meet my friend annette um there with her daughter who's the same age as laney so the four of us will Nice. Do Orlando. Yeah, because you are going to go to the... Which parks are you going to? It is yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to find a lot more change. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Probably not in the parks. Oh, I, I'm saying to pay for it. Those, oh, I mean, they are so... oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be paying, yeah. yeah they you... want to go to the uh, Universals to do Harry Potter. And I only saw one part of Harry Potter, so I'm kind of keen to go to the other part. I know, because you are a Harry Potter fan. I am. Mm-hmm. I have to, I have my Slytherin sweatshirt that I will take. <laughs> you do. And do, do you have your... Didn't you make yourself I, a cape? I wanted to, and I didn't have enough fabric. And oh. I debated doing it this time. And no, I have not made myself a cape yet. Okay. Because, you know, you nobody cares. But it's hard. You can't find a Harry Potter cape pattern. You can have, they have some do-it-yourselves on uh, the internet that I've seen. And I just haven't been really drawn to it. I'm really looking for more of a pattern so I can do kind of like a quality cape. Now I'm thinking <laughs> I'm going to do more like a like a dress cape like they do for the balls and stuff like that. And I've seen some of those on some costume sites. But I just haven't been inspired by anything quite yet. And then it's just a lot of fabric and I'm a cheapskate. So I'll have to go down to Walmart and see what they have for five bucks and so when you say a, a um, what did you call it? A dress ball? A, a dress a ball game, a ball cape, dress cape. So you're saying with like a raised. Um, no. So you like when they went to their. Dress robes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Someone who understands oh, is, me. You know what I'm talking about when they, they go to the prom or whatever it is they the do old, at Hogwarts. That's it. Are the, is the they were talking about the people in, in, the in Harry, Harry Potter? Potter. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I'm not a Harry Potter. We're talking about yeah. four Yule Ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they all had yeah different kinds of like fabrics and colors, oftentimes with some of their house stuff. Oh, it, my Lord. Oh, my gosh. This is a deep, yeah. nerdy dive. Oh. Because here I'm, I was thinking, wearing the hand-me-down frilly, like old robe. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. Got the nice, yes. You know, yes. Emerald, dark emerald green ones. Because then I could go with, uh, you know, something luxurious, you know, mm-hmm. like a velvet or something like that. Yeah. If I wanted to. You could all, yeah, you could, yeah, you could. If you just, you can also get a, like a Harry Potter house patch or something and just put that on something. Oh, well, that's, I was oh. thinking I would, like, create my own house as part of the American, um, which is college, you know, because they've Delamore. got that. Yeah, right. And it <laughs> creates something, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of uniquely American to go with it. That's, that's a good idea. I know, right? Just think about how much free space you'd have in your brain if you deleted all of this knowledge from it. Let's not even get started on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're not. Here. That's a surface level. Yeah. I'm about. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so no, I don't have a cape. I did make myself a stripy shirt on Saturday with my new serger, so that was fun. It was my, but that's not Harry Potter related. No, not See, because I related. I wouldn't know. So. It was my first entree into 
doing knits. Mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of knits, and so now I've completed my whole first knit top, which but is not, not the one I'm, you're wearing. Not the one I'm okay. wearing because no. you are wearing a striped top right I'm now. I'm going to wash mm-hmm. it and readjust a couple things that oh, okay. are a little wanky, but all right. Well, congrats on that. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but <laughs> I want to share happy news that was um done sooner than we expected on your recommendation molly we got a bonded pair of kittens yes and so yes on one run i'm i talked to you about you know said that oh yeah we're definitely going to get another cat and you're like oh you had to get a bonded pair mm. and, and, and so i stupidly came home and said hey molly says we should get a bonded pair of cats and so we weren't we felt it was too soon i mean miller actually hasn't even been dead for a month yet and um so but we just happened upon this pair of brothers, four months old, and the whole family went and we were in a very small room along with a Humane Society volunteer and the kittens. And they were very playful and loving and let us pick them up and hold them in all sorts of different, you know, not like properly hold them. They were fine with however we held them. And my feeling was, was, you know, we could knock ourselves out trying to find the absolute quintessential perfect bonded pair. And I thought, yeah, and we could also run into a lot of bonded pairs where one is this awesome cat and the other one is just kind of a wonky, weird cat. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to take these. The cats are wondering, which one am I? <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and it was funny because I was telling my brother this theory and he's had many a cat in his life. And I was saying something. I said, yeah, we could have held out and, you know, try found the A plus cat. My brother goes... You know what? Finding an A plus cat, you're better off finding a unicorn. <laughs> you have better luck finding a unicorn. I'm like, okay. So, but they are very cute, and you're gonna meet them after. The, yeah, after we I'm record excited. This. Yeah. Augie uh, monopolized my attention when I walked in the door. Yes. Oh so. my goodness, he jumped right up in your lap. He was yeah. very happy to see you. Uh, so yeah. So for now, we are keeping Augie and Leo and Pablo away from each other. But they have met, and oh, the kitties, boy, they do like this stereotypical straight out of central casting, like hunching their backs and hissing at him. Mm-hmm. And Miller never did that. So it won't last long. Okay. Yeah. They get used to each other pretty fast. Yeah. So um, for now, we let the kittens have, excuse me, a run of part of the second floor of the house, and Augie is on the first floor of the house. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think he senses something's up. And he can sometimes hear the kittens. They sometimes, oh my gosh, I was playing with the kittens on our back stairs. Um, our stairs, as you know, Molly, divide. And so there's a, mm-hmm. then a door into our kitchen. And when I was playing with the twins on the stairs, you could hear Augie on the other side going. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sweetie, Augie, I'm coming. <laughs> Do they like the laser pointer you got? Oh, they love. Yeah, the la- I've been using it with my cat, too. He's yeah, they're very playful. So thank you, Dollar Tree. for mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, shifting gears, our guest today is Ashley Kilpatrick, Vice President of Development for Back on My Feet, a national organization that combats homelessness through, in part, the power of running. A mother runner with three children, Ashley has been with Back on My Feet since 2011. We'll hear more about the power of running to help people in need after this brief break. Stay with us. Welcome to the program, Ashley. Glad you could join us. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's nice to have you here, Ashley. I feel like I know you already somehow. So um, <laughs> I understand you're in Philadelphia. I am. And, I am in the, the city of founding back of my feet. Ah, good. And uh, no snow? No snow. Not not yet, but it sounds like it's on the way. Well, maybe, maybe so. Hard, hard snow these days. And you have you have children. You have three kids, just like I do and just like Sarah does. 
I sure do. I have a, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a nine-month-old. Oh, my goodness. You are in the thick of it, Ashley. You sure are. I, you know, that's the favorite phrase that I hear is you're in the thick of it. And when people say that, I say, yeah, 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 I totally am. <laughs> yeah. And is the five-year-old in school or no? He is. He started kindergarten this year. So oh. It's a big change for us. Yes, a big change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But those are wonderful ages. Oh, it's fun. It's a total blast. I think you, you got to have fun with it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My children, my oldest uh, is four and a half years older than the youngest. So I had similar spread. And I, I really like that. It's nice yeah, to have. It's, it's been a real blast. Now, my first two are boys, um, mm-hmm. two years apart. And I will say that there was a, a moment where a three-year-old boy and a one-year-old boy about did me in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I've come through that on the other end, and now we're back to pure fun. Uh-huh. I, I felt once we added the third, I mean, like going from one to two is a big change, but adding the third was like, yeah, bring them on. I could, I could have six more. Just, you know, we're, we're going. Yep. Did you me feel too. that way? Exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, great. Well, you are a mother runner. So tell us about your running background. And like, were you a runner before you became a mom? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great question. Um, I started out as an athlete and less a runner. So I was, um, you know, when in, when I was young and in school, I played team sports. I, I specifically played volleyball where the only way you ran was through punishment. Um, <laughs> and so, so I had some negative associations with running in the beginning. Um, and then I went to law school um, and was feeling sort of um, just, you know, a need for some extra senses of accomplishment outside of sort of the, the grueling tasks in law school. And so uh, my best girlfriend in law school and I decided to run a half marathon mm. um, with, with no knowledge of running whatsoever. <laughs> um, and, and we trained and we finished and we had a great time. And I think that's where I learned, you know, what running can do for you mm. um, and the, the self-esteem that it can build and how it can make you feel like a better person. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I picked it up. And then since then, um, I have run, um, but off and on, right? Like I, I believe my, my version of a runner is if you, if you put your shoes on and you run out the door and you make it a mile or two miles or three miles in, in my book, you're a runner. Oh, most um, definitely. So. That is, that is exactly <laughs> our definition around the, another mother runner part. So you are, you are part of us. Good, 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 good. So for folks who have never heard of Back on My Feet, please describe its mission and how it utilizes running to achieve that aim. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Back on My Feet is a national nonprofit organization that uses running and the community that we build through running as catalysts to empower individuals to become their best selves. Mm. Um, we, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just, mm, I was igno- uh, acknowledging <laughs> and nodding my head. Go ahead. Go ahead. Perfect. So we, um, we begin, we, first of all, we recruit individuals from, um, transitional homeless shelters and addiction recovery programs across the country. We work with over 60 shelters and partner facilities, and we build running teams at those facilities. And we run um, both with residents who live in there, in the facilities who we call our members, um, and everyday volunteers like you and me. And we run three days a week at 5.30 or 5.45 in the morning. um, And we build a community there that restores a sense of belonging and restores a sense of achievement and empowers people to believe that they can do more than most of them ever thought possible. And then after we work on that very human side, 
um, of relationships and self-esteem, then we are, our members move into what we call the Next Steps program. And that's where we work on um, employment opportunities and education and housing, and we help people um, stabilize themselves and, and move their lives forward towards self-sufficiency. Hmm. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And what's the origin story back on my feet? You mentioned that it uh, started in there, the city of brotherly love. It did. Um, and it started in uh, as grassroots away uh, as an organization could. Um, so the, the woman who founded our organization was 26 at the time and wow. she used to run by um, a shelter in Philadelphia and she would run by, you know, a group of men who hung outside the shelter and they would say, what do you do? Run all day? And she'd say, what do you do? Stay in there all day? Oh boy. Um, and, right? and they built a rapport and, and, and it, it, it goes right at the heart of sort of the human community side of the work that they do. And so she went into the, into the shelter and she said, I'd like to build a running team with your residents. And they said, as you might imagine, you're crazy. Homeless people don't run. Um, and, and she said, well, let me give it a try. And that first morning on July 3rd, 2007, um, a group of uh, about 10 members, residents of the shelter, came out alongside volunteers and began running. And from that very first run, um, the founders set accountability standards, right? Mm. You had to show up. You had to have 90% attendance. You had to work hard. You had to really show that you were committed to something. And for a lot of the members that we work with, it's the first time that someone has said, I believe in you and I believe you can achieve something mm. beyond what others think. And and that's been really powerful for people. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm. And did they just, um, you know, show up in the whatever shoes they had and, you know, their, their, you know, baggy pants and whatever? I mean, no, it's a great question. So from the very beginning, um, members who came out got new running shoes and new gear. Um, mm -hmm. At the time, you know, we got donated um, gear and shoes from local organizations. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of time, um, we've built a lot of partnerships with um, with companies like Brooks, for instance, has mm. over the last couple of years donated shoes for all of our members. So when a when a when a company or when a member comes out to our program um, and they commit to being a part of the program, they get brand new running shoes, they get new gear, um, they they are equipped to run in, in all weather. Um, and a piece of that gets at, you know, our aim to create um, a space for equal footing, right? Mm. A space where in the mornings, on our morning runs, you can't always tell who's working to overcome homelessness and who's going on to their job later in the day. Mm -hmm. You can't tell a member from a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And that is really powerful for, for our members, but for our volunteers too, to, to yeah. be able to spend quality time um, with a population that they might not have known as well otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then the accountability part of it, uh, it, like they have to keep showing up if they want a new pair of shoes, is like that part of an incentive? So, yeah, accountability is core to everything we do. Um, and so we track attendance of our members, and the expectation is that they attend 90% of morning runs throughout the entire program. And most folks are in our program for six months or more. Mm -hmm. um, and for the first 30 days, the program is all running in community. So it's 30 days of running, 90% attendance. And once a person achieves that, then they move into our Next Steps program. And they continue running, but in the Next Steps program, they do job skills training with our, we have a national partnership with Accenture who helps us deliver soft skills, job skills training. We do financial literacy education with banking partners around the country. 
And then we um, refer our members to employment partnerships with some of our um, partners like Marriott, who has hired over 100 of our members. Hmm. Um, and so it's all about wor- moving your life forward, working through an accountability model to achieve your better self. Um, mm-hmm. And this entire time, attendance is being tracked and there's an expectation that people are committed to the program. It's, it's a very different model than what you've typically seen in um, in this particular social services space. Hmm. So if they don't achieve that accountability, then they don't get to do the job skills and that kind of stuff? So what we, I mean, we have a very um, close case management process. And so our, if somebody's dropping below 90%, our program staff will sit down and have a conversation with them on yeah, what great. their barriers are. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, that's then, what and, it's all it, about. and sometimes it's not the right time for them to be in the program and then, and they may come back later. Yeah. And to look at what are the barriers in your life is all part of, you know, anybody's life, right? You know, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Is it, exactly. is it a health issue or, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> something else going on? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so uh, I think running makes a lot of sense. If you think about any other activities besides running for this kind of program. Yep. I think, um, for us, running made a ton of sense because of there's so many metaphors for life uh-huh. um, in running, and and it's a low threshold for entry, uh-huh. right? It just takes a space to run and some shoes and gear. Um, but yes, we do. You you could potentially do it with yoga um, mm-hmm. or some other fitness based activity, um, and certainly there are some other models that are working with different populations around the country that are using other um, athletic endeavors to fuel self esteem and confidence. Um, but running specifically, and, and for us, so you don't have to run necessarily. You may be a walker, you may be a jogger, you may be a very slow runner, uh, which I consider myself. Um, it, it really, you know, pace doesn't matter. What matters for us is showing up and moving yourself forward and having a good attitude. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's true for any runner, you know, that mm-hmm. right. w- whether they're coming from a McMansion on a cul-de-sac or, you know, a, a transitional shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's, I'm intrigued that you said that, you know, that running part of it is because there's so many metaphors for life and just hearing you talk, you know, you said it's all about moving life forward. It's uh, a space for equal footing. I mean, <laughs> you know, it makes you realize running is just like set up to be ripe with all these illusions and metaphors and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, something you, yeah. you get gain skill at pretty quickly and something you could do that you couldn't do before. You know, going a mile, going two miles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have, um, you know, started with a member in the program on their very first day. And when, you know, this is a population that has lost faith in a lot of things, including sure. themselves, right? And don't know what they're capable of and don't even know, can you make it to the next light post? Mm-hmm. Can you make it? to the next block, to the red light. Can you come down the finish line, right? For us, one of the core tenets of our running program is that no one runs alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody is at least paired on every route, um, which is how we build that community. And so it gives, it, it reminds people that you need somebody in your corner. Mm-hmm. You need somebody who's going to help you get to the next spot, mm-hmm. whether that's on the run in the morning or whether it's going to the job skills training program applying for the job, interviewing for the job, getting the job, doing the follow-up. It's all little pieces that build into a long-term result. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we all need somebody to help us do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all reach stumbling blocks and help each other get over them and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. So yep. d- describe how volunteer runners get involved. Like, 
you've mentioned they run three mornings a week at um, uh, a time of day that mother runners know very well, but might sound kind of early for some people. And do they get paired with a specific individual in the program? Like, um, so, so there's a whole process for how, how you get involved, and it's pretty easy. The good news is you don't have to run three days a week, <laughs> um, and you don't have to maintain 90% attendance if you're a volunteer. <laughs> um, so so we, have a very, we have a structure in which each team – um, any given city probably has two to six teams that operate in the mm. city in different locations. Um, and we have a core team who commits to really managing the route, making sure that, you know, there's a regular commitment, um, that those volunteers are always there. But then other volunteers plug in often, sometimes once a week, sometimes once a month if you're a business traveler and you can only get in sometimes. Everybody has to go through a volunteer orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so typically folks sign up on our website, which is backonmyfeet.org. Um, find their location, sign up on the get involved space, and then um, and then sort of get filtered into our orientation process and then matched with a team in a location that makes sense for them. Gotcha, gotcha. So and I know there's twelve cities, right, that have it that have programs. I, I take it there must be thoughts of expanding the programs. Yeah, it's a that's a great question. So there are twelve cities right now, um, but Denver will be our thirteenth oh. launching this summer. Oh, great. Um, Right, which is really exciting and, and a great community to be moving into. And you're exactly right. Um, our current vision is to get to 22 cities by 2022. Um, mm. So we continue to grow and we know the need is there. Um, and that's where we're working to do our very best to meet the need in, in all the cities across the country. Mm-hmm. Does, does Portland have one? No. Mm-hmm. No, there's two in California. Yeah, there's two in California. We should, I saw that. With Nike here. And- I know Nike, Adidas, my gosh, they're and mm-hmm. Under Armour. Um, yeah. There'd be plenty of companies, community uh, partners. Yeah. Um, so well, the, I hope they're listening and yeah. they can reach out. We can mm-hmm. connect. Right, right. <laughs> Some intern out there, pick this up and run. <laughs> right. Um, Literally. So, uh, so the website also mentions back on my feet races. Is that um, like what do those entail? Is that within the community yeah. or are there fundraisers? No. Or- I- there are several different ways to get involved with us in terms of races, um, and and that might not surprise you. So we do operate some of our own races mm. um, in different cities around the country. Um, so as an example, here in Philadelphia, um, we have a, a five-miler that's the spring, um, and we operate it. And, and so it's, a, it's both an awareness raising and a, and a fundraising tool, mm-hmm. um, and folks can come out and run it with us, and we do some of those races around the country. We also have um, a program for folks to run races on our behalf. Oh, okay. Um, and, and that's races all over the country. So we have um, charity entries to all of the majors that, that the entries are accessible. So you can run the London Marathon with us, Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon, Chicago Marathon, um, and a number of other races, you know, and some of the smaller races, Baltimore Running Festival, for example, mm-hmm. um, around the country. Um, and run four back of my feet. Oh, that's good to know because that is a, a very popular thing for within the mother runner community. I, I know, um, you know, a woman who's training for Boston right now, she qualified, but her time wasn't quite um, low enough to, to get her in through the lottery. And so she's uh, going through a, a volunteer, you know, she's um, fundraising and mm-hmm. got a bib that way. So that's great. Yeah. 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 And I'll say with us, too, one of the benefits of fundraising for Back on My Feet through one of these races is that a lot of our members also train for these races and run them. Mm. Um, and so if you're in that city or if you're in another city, you can plug into some training runs with our members and really, mm. you know, see the impact that you're having by being a fundraiser for Back on My Feet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah. 
Do you just get people from a shelter or would you um, get tent campers coming in to participate in these things? So our, our recruitment tool is through individuals who have, who are residents in our shelter programs. Um, now that said, like a lot of our members who are in shelter programs have been street homeless, Mm -hmm. right? They, and they have been, um, at that stage. What we find is that, um, folks need to get those basic needs met, um, before they're ready to engage in our program and move, you know, themselves forward sort of into their, their best lives. Um, so that's why we, that's our point of entry, um, because folks need to to get those basic needs met first. Yeah, I think it would be really tough. So uh, can they be in different stages of recovery um, for this, or do they have to meet a certain level? Um, That's a great question. So to to join the program, our our members have to be 30 days clean and sober. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, you know, a lot of folks have just entered recovery Mm -hmm. um, and are working on it. And what we find is the routine of this program, the community that this program creates um, and the support group that this program creates has uh, demonstrated a really good tool to help individuals in recovery. So, so our our sure. individuals who are, are working through recovery have, have some of our highest success rates. Yeah, I, I believe that. And that's a nice uh, goal, you know, like, okay, I get my 30 days and I can start into this program. Mm-hmm. Nice thing yeah, to be looking forward absolutely. to and also for getting off the off the streets you know of course portland has just a terrible homeless mm-hmm. problem yeah yeah i yeah. mean that that was the thing that i mean to i think i'm not alone i think molly and i are not alone when we say that we think homelessness is one of the greatest problems facing our yeah. country today and that the pro you know when when mother runners are maybe coming to portland for a family vacation or on business trips they'll sometimes email or ask our facebook page be like oh sarah you have any recommendations for running routes and I'll tell them, you know, how to run around the river, which is one of the most popular kind of easiest ways to navigate the city. And I will tell them, I'll be like, you're going to go under the bridges. There's going to be a lot of homeless people and you're going to turn the corner. You're going to make a left turn and there will be a homeless encampment there. Like, and I tell them that just because I think at first I used to think that people wouldn't, didn't encounter homelessness if they were coming from smaller towns, but having traveled to smaller towns and smaller cities for business, I mean, it is just everywhere mm-hmm. in Super cold places in, I mean, I don't know. You know, I went to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I'm like, wait, there's homeless people in Eau Claire, Wisconsin? Like, that seems like really crummy weather and a small enough place that there'd be support networks. And it's just... It's, yeah, it's a it's a huge issue and it's an issue across the country. You know, mm-hmm. on any given night, there are about a half a million people experiencing homelessness across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's a complex issue, right? Mm-hmm. The the yeah. reasons that people find themselves homeless vary, um, mm-hmm. and the solutions vary. And it's going it takes a really collaborative effort across all kinds of public and private sectors yeah. um, to to make progress in this space. And mm-hmm. what we have found is that we are very effective um, with the population that we work with, right? And it's not the entirety of of the homeless population, but for us, for those individuals who are um, experiencing homelessness and a lot, I mean, a lot of our folks are also going through addiction recovery. Um, For those folks who are are capable of of employment and who want to move their lives forward, this program um, has been invaluable and really, and this is what drew drew me to back on my feet, addresses a, a missing link in homelessness mm-hmm. services. Um, there's a lot of isolation that occurs mm-hmm. when when a person is experiencing homelessness. You know, by the time they've landed there, um, they've largely lost their network. 
um, there's nobody left in their support how to move their life forward. And so back on my feet starts with that social isolation and that sense of dignity Mm -hmm. that is really missing in the homeless population um, and addresses that first with the idea that that's the only thing that's going to empower people to tackle this very complex problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. And a 26 year old came up with this idea. (laughs) Well, it's, it's certainly evolved over time. um, But absolutely. It was a, it was a grassroots effort um, and over the, the last decade, we've really started to identify um, what things we can be doing as a nonprofit organization to continue to move the needle in the strongest way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so share a, a standout story, um, maybe from there in Philadelphia, of a participant in the program, both um, one of the members as well as of a volunteer, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to tell you about, um, I'm actually going to tell you about one of our members um, in Boston, who's reminding me of one of our members in Chicago. Um, <laughs> we have uh, a member who came to us. Her her name is Norma. She was living in one of our partner facilities. Um, she had um, struggled with addiction and had um, been street homeless, had experienced uh, extreme addiction, prostitution, sort of all the worst, the worst, um, and, and just a, a lot of trauma, met back on my feet, came to back on my feet through one of our program partners and through us regained a sense of self and a sense of, a sense of worth. And, and, you know, we'll say back on my feet, loved me until I learned to love myself. Mm. Right. Um, And through, (laughs) she went through our, our next steps program and then ultimately, and, and this seems is a baffling story went on to Harvard. Um, no and graduated way. from Harvard wow. and now and now works in nonprofits um, to to fuel change herself. Um, but it, it's it's not an isolated story. We have another member um, in Chicago who is a mother herself um, and had devoted a lot of her life to caring for her children and for special needs children, no less. And then ultimately went on to Columbia. Um, wow. It this program, I think, really focuses on the ability, like captivating human potential. And mm. there's so much there that we don't, we don't always see. Mm. Mm. That is. So you probably run yourself with um, your group, right? I do and have um, a good bit over the course of time. Um, my, as, as a lot of other mothers can relate, right? Those, those 5.30 and 5.45 a.m. mornings mm-hmm. um, sometimes cooperate and sometimes don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do. And um, I'm, I'm actually based in D.C., so I run with our D.C. team uh-huh. um, when, I'm, when I'm able um, but it is, uh, it is, it is really incredible to watch it work. Have you made some interesting relationships? Yeah, absolutely. And not, you know, not just with our members, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly with our, with our volunteers sure. as well. I think one of the things that Back on My Feet does that I, that I love about the program is that it, it really challenges our perceptions of homelessness, mm-hmm. right? It makes us think twice about who are those folks that we're passing on the street and what are their life stories and mm-hmm. how did they end up here? And it is and the stories are as varied as we are as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that piece has been, and it is true also of our volunteers, right? I've had a lot of our volunteers share stories of how, when they came to us as volunteers, right? You know, um, very folks who have housing and economic security, but were for some reason or other experiencing a, a, a lost moment in their own lives mm-hmm. and back on my feet grounded them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a human nature. 
And it's a two, yeah. it's a t- continue with the analogies. It's a two way street. It sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And in, I think any of our volunteers will tell you that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, let's leave people with knowing how they can get involved, either if they're in one of those 12 cities or what else they could do to help. Absolutely. So there are a lot of different ways to get involved and we hope everyone will pick what works for them. Certainly if you are in a city um, where we operate in one of our 12 cities and soon to be 13 in Denver um, and can make it to a morning run, you can sign up on our website at backofmyfeet.org. For those who can't make it to a morning run, um, there are lots of other ways to get involved in events um, or volunteer in our program. Um, Or if you're not in our footprint or if you are, Uh, run a race for Back of My Feet. As as I mentioned, we have access to all kinds of charity entries for races around the country, including the majors. And we Mm -hmm. welcome people to run for Back of My Feet. And certainly, finally, um, we can always uh, use donations. So Mm -hmm. for those who who are able, it it makes a difference in the program. So thank you. Awesome. Well, it has been a delight talking with you, Ashley. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, so I'm wishing they had a back on my feet here in Portland. Oh, I think it's just a matter of time. I think we're ripe for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the volunteering thing, it, like she said, is so important for the volunteers as well as the participants. Uh, Lainey, after she graduated from college, was really at loose ends, not not working yet. She just felt very isolated and, mm-hmm. uh, at home, where the rest of us are at work. And she was really looking for volunteer organizations to, to get her out. And she didn't actually find anything that worked for her because mm. a lot of it was evening stuff, which mm-hmm. didn't work because, um, you know, they kind of structure things so that people can go to work. Sure. Something like this would have been perfect for her. But she did meet up with the Y East women. Right. Who have also been guests on the podcast. Yes. And yeah. so they're trail runners and they do a Friday run for free. Anyway, she met up with them. She had a great time. She said, she said they're a little older mom. The average age is maybe 29. <laughs> <laughs> and Lane just turned 23, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, and they ran uh, as the sun came up through Forest Park. She had a great time. So she made a friend who she's out with her friend today, nice. Catherine. They went out to Coyote Wall to go trail running. <laughs> so happy when your kid makes a friend. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, but the moral of that story the is that volunt- is- volunteering is a great thing to do. And I actually have been thinking about, I lo- uh, you mentioned... Um, we were talking about homelessness or you mentioned when you donate, where you donate your found change to. Yeah. So I thought about doing that, uh, volunteering with that, um, homeless shelter. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what they have for lay people to do because it's a challenging population and I'm sure mm-hmm. they want to protect everybody. So, um, I'm wondering mm-hmm. what kind of things they do have. I haven't mm-hmm. ever looked into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the other one I think about is the Oregon food bank. Yeah. Um, and they have lots of uh, different opportunities. Even in the springtime, they have outdoors. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've worked at the um, packaging plant. I, there's a, probably another term for it. But, um, yeah, but back on my feet, I really wish they would bring one here to Portland. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe have Lane start one, okay? Yeah, actually. <laughs> there. Yeah. She might be a good person to do it. <laughs> I know, I know. So um, so speaking of people who make things happen, mm-hmm. let's uh, hear from Dimity in the Train Like a Mother corner. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dimity here in Denver with your Train Like a Mother Club Corner. I have been a little MIA, not not hanging out in the corner recently, but I am excited for 2019 and to bring you lots of updates uh, from a variety of mother runners doing different plans. And um, actually, this one that I'm using this week comes from the Many Happy Miles program, which is um, not necessarily a race-focused plan, but... Um, 
you'll understand why I'm using it because it's got a race in it and the sentiment is so lovely, it brought tears to my eyes. Um, it comes from Sasha, Sasha and she says, I am doing Disney princess half next month, my 11th half, the fourth princess. But because my heart is acting funny, I am only cleared to walk it. Now, I am a slow walker, so I expect to get swept about mile five. My best friend of 30 years, who is not a runner, was going to be cheering for me and be at the finish line. When she found out today that I was walking and not expecting to finish, she registered for the half as well. She pointed out that I would be less sad about a DNF, do not finish, if we were together, which is true, and it was probably her quote-unquote only chance in hell to do a run Disney race with me while I am quote-unquote grounded from running. Y'all, that race registration is $199, and she didn't even blink because she knows how much this race means to me. We haven't intentionally walked more than four miles together since we were 13 and did a 10-mile March of Dimes fundraiser walk. She is going to be the flora to my Meriwether. Yep, I am still going to wear my costume and help me laugh through my disappointments on February 24th. Her husband thinks she is crazy, and I feel insanely loved. And uh, I just got chills reading that again. Sasha, we all need friends like that. I am so glad you have her and enjoy every mile and every laugh you guys have together at Disney. All right, I'll be back next week. Have a great week, you guys. Bye. All right, everybody, we would love and be very appreciative if you would tell your friends about our podcast, especially maybe people who are embarking on a training plan for a half or a full marathon, because they're going to have a lot of time to listen to us on training runs. So just point them in our direction on whatever podcast listening system they use. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Many happy miles.